G'day. Welcome to the Bloody Bizarre Podcast. Oops. I'm Sarah. Oh, <laughs> jumped in front there. Yeah, I want to. I told you, I want to mix it up and try and do things differently. Um, that's patchy if you heard that. My name's Emma. <laughs> Welcome to another episode. We're recording straight after the last one. Ooh. So if you listen to the last one, you know that my dog Patchy is acting weird. He's, he's plopped his butthole on my leg here. Oh, be careful. Sometimes there's little bits of little like remnants. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's All happened right. before. I was wearing Off like, I was wearing like a nice pair of blue jeans and he sat himself down and then he got up and there was a <laughs> skitty mark on the jeans. <laughs> that is horrific. Yeah, I know. He did it to Jen too. <laughs> so it's a common thing. I can't see any poop on my pants. Yeah, he doesn't have fluff around his bum, so there's, like, nothing to... Yeah, and he insists on sitting, like, asshole first on a lot of people. Yes, if though he's, like, 30 kilos. Yeah. He, like, stamps himself. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We hope that you have gotten in contact with your supernatural happenings from last week's episode. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure Sarah's going to love them. Yeah, if anyone's gotten in touch, thanks in advance. If you haven't. In, in, it's also like, it's weird. It's like saying thanks in the back. Like, thanks in advance for your retrospective yeah. messages. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to cover up top? Um, oh, if you're liking the podcast, tell your friends about it, perhaps. Mm. Um, we, we have could... gained a few followers, by the way. Have we? Mm-hmm. Or a few, like, listeners. And a few followers. Listens oh. are always going up. Oh, on like Spotify. No, on rss.com, which is, it, it covers all the listening services, the streaming oh, okay. services. Right. Where from? Oh, I can't remember now. All over the place. But we've got quite a lot of listeners in Australia now. Yeah. Which is, you know, makes That's nice. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell your friends though, if you like it. Yeah. Just tell one friend who's also into like true crime and stuff. Yeah. And I think, as we said earlier, maybe just like warn them that it's not that polished or yeah. amazing. What do, what we lack in professionalism, we make up for in what sp- we lack in professionalism. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to jump in. Okay, today I'm telling you about the story of Bert Pugash and Linda Riss. Pugash. <laughs> Pugash is his name. Sorry. No, it's fine. You can laugh at him. Oh, okay. okay. You can fucking laugh at him. All right. This piece of shit, this Pugash. <laughs> so my sources today. Patchy's Pugash. <laughs> oh, Patchy's left a Pugash on me. <laughs> my sources today. Two New York Times articles, uh, one by Sam Robertson, one by Marguerite Fox. Um, an LA Times article by Elaine Wu. Uh, a YouTube video uploaded by The Crime Reel called The Troubled Love Story of Bert Pugash and Linda Riss. I have never heard of this one. This story fucking infuriated me. Okay. So I'm sure it will. You too. Yeah. You're good at picking the ones that make me angry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I like. I feel like when they make me angry, I write quicker maybe. Because <laughs> I'd knock this one out in about four hours. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. So... At the age of 22, Linda Eleanor Riss was living a quiet life in the Bronx in New York. She had dark hair and was said to resemble Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, she's pretty. A pretty girl. She had been born there in 1937 and graduated from James Monroe High School. Her parents divorced when Linda was five and her mother struggled to raise her alone, so Linda had been sent to live with her aunt and her cousins. Imagine if you sent Abby to live with me. 
Oh, my God. She would not make it out alive. No, I never would. Um. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but at the age of 12, Linda contracted rheumatic fever and so was sent back to be with her mother and her grandmother. Do you know what rheumatic fever is? No. I did a quick Google on it. And from what I could glean, it is where if you if you have, um, what's it called, where you kiss too much? Oh, like um, glandular fever, mono. Strep throat? I think they call it mono in America. Is that strep throat? Uh, I don't know. We call it glandular fever. Okay, well, I'm talking about strep throat. The one where you kiss too much is is glandular fever because I had it. (laughs) So So, yeah, so did I. I kiss a lot too. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember I was in high school and the doctor was like, have you got a boyfriend? And I was like, (laughs) no. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) um so it's where um the streptococcus bacteria Mm. where where you have strep throat and it's not treated it turns into it can turn into rheumatic fever okay is it something that is called something else now i don't know but it makes your joints sore and um yeah i didn't do i didn't do a full deep dive on it so that could be wrong even be a little bit like some commonality with rheumatoid arthritis well that's your joints right rheumatoid Mm. so maybe room room is joints or something like that (laughs) in rheumatic fever the immune system mistakenly attacks healthy tissue particularly in the heart joints skin and central nervous system this faulty immune system reaction results in swelling of the tissues inflammation that's from the mayo clinic well you're saying the mayo clinic clinic is more accurate than the description i gave then you're all like (laughs) disjointed (laughs) do you know australia has some of the highest recorded rates of rheumatic fever yeah i think it's high in the aboriginal community uh yeah yeah because they they don't get treatment who have limited access to medical care so remote communities yeah Yeah. um anyway that's not the point of this sorry i you know i'm interested in that (laughs) well then do it on your own story okay don't do it on my (laughs) time Okay, so, so yeah, she's gone back to live with her mother and her grandmother. <laughs> Linda was said to have a sassy mouth and speak her mind, but despite this outward toughness, she was said to be lacking in confidence, mm-hmm. which is a common situation. Mm-hmm. Shortly after graduation, Linda began working as a receptionist at an air conditioner dealership. In the, uh, what's this? It'd be like the, I don't know, 50s. Mm-hmm. So I guess that'd be like a luxury for some people, a lot of people. Yep. Linda was said to always be immaculate and garnered the attention of many local men. It was during this time that she met Bert Pugash, a lawyer, specialising in negligence. Bert was 30, Linda was 20. Bert had just returned to New York after having spent some time in London. They'd met when he was driving and noticed Linda on the sidewalk. He immediately parked the car as he felt he just had to talk to her. After a short conversation, Linda gave Bert her number and the pair parted ways. She later said that she had only given her number to this older, not that attractive man to get rid of him. <laughs> I also imagine she didn't even know his surname at that point. Yeah, she was probably just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just fine, take here. it. Go. Yeah. Bert, Mr. Pugash, was already married with a child, but that oh, didn't stop him. God. Shortly after Linda returned home that day, she received a dozen red roses from Bert. Oh, that's a red flag. He claimed it was love at first sight. He called her and asked if she got the roses, and he also asked her out for a drink. She reluctantly agreed. It is the 50s after all. Yeah. Um, a couple of days later, he took her in his plane. Mm. On another date, both Linda and her family were very impressed by this flashy man, and soon Bert and Linda were consistently dating. Mm-hmm. So he started an affair with Linda. 
Yeah. He would take her to the fanciest restaurants, buy her flowers and gifts, flaunt his wealth and assets, which included a plane and a nightclub, and would wait outside her house in the morning in his powder blue Cadillac. Linda would say of the daily pickups, quote, well, it beats taking the bus. Yeah, I'm sure like that that would all be very, very impressive to like a 20-year-old who maybe hasn't dated that much and hmm. yeah maybe is um has as doesn't have all that much money yeah i mean if some if when i was 20 if some guy was like hey i've got a plane and i own this nightclub i'm yeah. sure that i'd be like oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> i'll check it out um but i just love that she was like there's so there's just zero romance there well yeah. it beats taking the bus <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> He would meet her for lunch, he would pick her up after work, and then he would take her out for the evening. So um, it's described but in, but in most articles that I read as near-obsessive. I yeah. think today we'd call it love-bombing. Love-bombing. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, Linda was falling for Bert. She was impressed by how mature he seemed compared to the men her own age, and also she was unaware that he had a wife and a severely disabled child, and she didn't seem to mind the almost 10-year age gap, nor his surname, I suppose. That would probably put me off a little bit. So Bert Pugash was also born in the Bronx in 1927 to a Russian immigrant father and a homemaker mother. His mother, Anna, felt like Bert was lacking in the ability to do things for himself and therefore ended up doing most things for him, even bathing him until he was about 12. Oh, that's a bad sign. Yeah. Who else? What other serial killer? So many. Yeah. That like the mums overbearing them. Yeah. yeah. Overbearing mothers. Mm -hmm create bad men yeah <laughs> uh not always uh sorry to anyone that had an overbearing mother <laughs> if that's you no offense no offense don't come and kill us <laughs> um so it seems like he was a mama's boy i heard in one place that anna would get frustrated with bert's seeming lack of ability and would beat him oh. but i didn't read that everywhere so who knows when it was time for Bert's bar mitzvah, he was embarrassed and angry that his parents had organised to have it held at a local Chinese restaurant. Uh, not befitting such an important event was Bert's feeling. Well, you pay for it then, Bert. Yeah, you little shithead. <laughs> but before Bert's father Paul would uh, see the event play out, he left the family. He abandoned the family before Bert's bar mitzvah. My God. Yeah. Despite living in a poor household with his parents and later just his mother and older brother, but I also read somewhere that he was an only child, so I don't know if he had a brother or not. Okay. But possibly he did. Um, and despite his parents not thinking he would amount to much, Bert excelled in school, lending in the top 5% of students. He graduated from City College of New York and in 1950 from Brooklyn Law School. After being accepted to the New York State Bar, Bert and his friend Herb Whites created a law firm together, Whites and Pugash. He did not use that name. Yeah, he did. It's not spelt Pugash. It's spelt P-U-G-A-C-H, but it's pronounced Pugash. <laughs> Multiple articles had the pronunciation next to the name. Because <laughs> I guess purpose. they were just like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not being immature here thinking that. It's, that's a crazy name. Yeah. <laughs> Pugash. Yeah. It's two funny name, words put together. Yeah. And one of them's poo, like... <laughs> Um, okay, so yes, Whites and Pugash was the name of their firm. Just call it like Whites and Co. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pugash is very narcissistic, as you'll go on to learn. Mm. So they were very successful despite their name. Um, their annual salaries ranged from 40000 to $80,000 a year at the time. Whoa, when- that's like good for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But get this. 
during that time, the average salary was around $4,000. Yeah. And so for reference, 80000 USD in 1950 would be about $1 million today. Yeah. So they were making between 500000 and a $1 million a year. They were making bang. Bert would apparently take on clients who'd been hurt in accidents, kind of find a friendly doctor, they said. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, a mate as a doctor. Yeah. To write a report and then he would get the people a payout. Sounds like uh, Dr. Nick. Yes, Nick Rivera, yeah. Um, but notes to Linda, Bert would often be fucking his clients as well. Oh. Linda didn't believe in sex before marriage, so Bert felt like his infidelity was justified. So this is when he already had a wife, though, as well. He had a wife as well, yep. So he couldn't just be fucking the wife. He, no. He had to have his wife, his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and then also fuck his clients. Yes. Okay. A, a randy man. Mm. Like all- uh, Mr. Crawley from last week. Yes. God. Bit of a theme. <laughs> For all Bert's charm and cunning lies, he wasn't able to prevent Linda from finding out about his wife. Yeah, it never stays a secret. You can't yeah. keep stuff like that secret. It was Linda's grandma who first became suspicious. She wondered why this rich, charming man in his 30s hadn't already found a wife. Bert got wind of grandma's unease and decided that he had to get ahead of the story. So he took Linda out for lunch and told her about his wife and daughter. He'd been married six years before meeting Linda but said he never truly wanted to marry his wife, Francine, and their relationship was basically non-existent. Linda was devastated. She broke it off with Bert, despite Bert insisting that the divorce proceedings had already started and would be finalised any day now. A likely story. Yeah. The day after the breakup, Bert called Linda to tell her that the divorce papers had arrived. Quite serendipitous. What are the chances? Yeah. Our girl Linda didn't believe him and asked to see the papers. She met him at his office and he showed her the papers. They did look legit, but she still had some doubts because she's a smart girl. So she made a mental note of the numbers on the papers. Also, as a lawyer, I'm sure he would be able to, like, make something up that was quite realistic. Yeah, he knows what they look like. Mm -hmm. So her mother, Linda's mother... Armed with the document numbers Linda had remembered, went to another lawyer and asked them to check if everything was above board. In the 50s, this kind of research took time, so while the lawyer was checking, Linda gave Bert the benefit of her doubt and resumed their relationship. Things were moving along fast. They were looking at houses they could buy together, uh, making wedding lists and planning their future, but a constant source of conflict was Linda's no sex before marriage rule. Bert increasingly pressured Linda, saying that for all he did and gave to her, it was the least she could do for him. Oh. I know. <laughs> And um, it's not like he's not getting any like he's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, she's giving him other things like. Yeah. Yeah. Adoration and, and love. Yeah. Is that not important? Not to old Pugash. Um, you might want to pull up a picture of him, too. I don't know if you want to oh, yeah, have an image of him in your head because yes, it's going to make absolutely. it. It's going to make this more rich, I think. What's his name again? Brian. Bert. Bert. Okay. There's just old. He's old in the photos. Okay. Let me find a good one. He looks a bit like who's the guy in the Marvel who makes the Marvel movies? Stanley. Yeah, he looks a bit like Stanley. He looks like a bit like a, a crazy wizard, crazy magician kind of. Okay, so I'm going to keep going. But Linda was strong. She refused to give in and have sex with him, and this made Are you listening? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sarah was caught up in the pictures of Poo Gash. <laughs> did you accidentally Oh my gosh, did you accidentally Google Poo Gash? No. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he tried to make her have sex. She said no. Um, this made Bert believe that she must have been fucking other guys. So he made her go to a doctor to confirm her virginity. Oh my God. Yeah. This guy. I mean, 
also it just because your hymen's broken doesn't mean you've had sex yeah yeah but anyway so she, he was like yeah okay fine you're fucking you're, you're pure i guess i don't know what the what the thought was um around this time Bert's professional life was hitting some issues too. So questions started to be raised about the legality of his cases and the ethical gray areas he would operate in. I guess that's fucking your clients and mm-hmm. getting doctors to write uh, letters and mm. all that kind of stuff. The Bar Association uh, started investigating the firm and Bert started drinking pretty heavily. His relationship with, with Linda was starting to deteriorate also. Understandably, I think. And then the lawyer got back to the mother and the divorce papers. In a surprise to no one, they were false. Mm. Mm-hmm. Linda broke it off. A few weeks later, one of Linda's friends was heading off on a holiday to Florida. In a spur of the moment decision, Linda quit her job and joined the vacay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. This girl has like an interesting life. She does. <laughs> and she seems cool. Linda met a handsome man named Larry Schwartz while at a Florida beach. They were described as a handsome couple Mm. and they were smitten with each other. But the relationship couldn't last long as Larry was soon shipped off with the army. An army man. Um, So Linda returned to New York where Bert continued to beg her to take him back. Sarah just rolled her eyes. Um, Resisting for a while, but eventually conceding and returning to Bert after he promised to divorce his wife and marry Linda soon. So they're back together. One day, Linda received a call from Francine, Bert's wife. Francine said she knew all about her and she would never grant a divorce to Bert. Belinda, this was the last straw. Awkward. Yeah. She broke up with Bert for good. Bert took the decision as good as you can imagine. (laughs) He was frequently found crying on his office floor and began drinking even more heavily. For Bert, things went from bad to worse. The Bar Association did file charges against him for illegal fee splitting and he also found out that Linda had started dating hottie Larry Schwartz again. Oh, did Larry come home? Larry came home from the army and they rekindled. Good on you, Linda. Good on you, Linda. You do you. Bert spiraled into depression and frequently threatened to kill himself. Understandably, he was committed to a psych hospital, but was soon discharged after a friend came and got him out. He became obsessed once again with getting Linda back and his behavior was becoming more and more erratic. He hired people to scare Linda, throwing rocks at her house so that she would feel like she needed Bert around to keep her safe. It's a weird train of thought it's a weird kind of like logic to it's a weird them. kind of logic but it's the sort of logic i've heard before like yeah. when when women say i i don't need a man and then a man's like well if a man with a gun comes who's going to protect you like yeah but it's a man that's <laughs> yeah it, it. and also she's got larry i saw this um this podcast guy podcast bro who was talking about a woman in his car that was like i don't need a man he was like, so I stopped the car and told her to get out. And guess what? She ended up being kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, so you want to tell me you don't need a man? <laughs> like, the, so you, a man, kicked her out of the car and then another man kidnapped her. That's so funny. Like, oh, also, that. bullshit. So but, yeah, yeah. And then fuck, the comments. Fuck, like, fuck that happened. The comments were like, um... <laughs> Yeah, um, last time I got ghosted, I thought the person got kidnapped too. <laughs> I love the idea that so, like that she had, she had her phone and she was like, "Oh, sorry, um, Susan got kidnapped. Like, <laughs> she can't talk to you." Yeah. Um, that's funny. Okay, so um, yeah, so he hired people to throw rocks at her house, do like you know, just be menacing all that. Kind yeah, of stuff. just harass her. Yeah. So Linda reported this to the police. 
who did nothing. What year was this? The 60s or 70s? This will be, yeah, this will be heading towards the, what, the 60s, I suppose. Yeah. Late, yeah, I don't know, late 60s, I don't know, sometime around that time. Linda eventually lost her job because of the disruption that were, that Bert was causing. Again, she reported these threatening and stalking behaviour to the police. Again, they did nothing. Um, while all this was going on, Larry Schwartz, hot man Larry Schwartz, supported Linda emotionally. He was apparently nothing like Bert. Larry was laid back and drove a modest car. He didn't have much in the way of means, but Linda didn't care. The pair were soon engaged and planning their life together. When Bert found out about the engagement, he was apoplectic. It's a good word. Thank you. He went to Linda's house and waited in the shadows for the couple to return. He had a gun and a plan to murder Larry. But when the loved-up couple returned home, Bert bottled it and fled. Linda would receive threatening phone calls with Bert saying things like, uh, if I can't have you, no one will, and no one will want you once I'm done with you, stuff like that. God, so scary. So scary. Um, Larry and Linda got on with their nuptial planning, having a big engagement party in 1959. 1959, there you go, late 50s. Yeah. With the pair's extended family. They were in love and happy. Mm -hmm. The day after the party, in the morning, Linda received a knock at the door. She opened it and saw what looked like a delivery man. She assumed it must have been a late engagement present. The man put his foot in the door jam, and within a split second, he threw a substance directly into Linda's face. Linda's mother was standing behind her and saw the whole thing unfold. What he threw, what this guy threw in Linda's face, was a substance called lye. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff that they make soap out of. It's yeah. really dangerous. Lye is a very caustic chemical that can burn through flesh. Yeah. Linda ran to the bathroom and put her head, head under the tap, but soon passed out from the shock and the pain. Essentially like an acid attack. Essentially, yeah. yeah. An ambulance was called and Linda was rushed to hospital. The doctors did manage to save Linda's life, uh, but, but told her that she would be permanently disfigured and would almost certainly lose her sight. Oh, my God. The police visited Linda in hospital, where she reiterated... What she had already told them. She's like, I fucking told you. Yeah. She'd already told them about Bert and his escalating and scary behavior. Larry rushed to his fiance's bedside where she told him he should leave her. This wasn't the life he signed up for and she was worried that he would be hurt next. But Larry stayed. He would frequently visit her at the hospital where she was recovering under 24-hour police protection. Linda would undergo multiple operations and would stay in hospital for three months until finally being discharged. Linda was completely blind in one eye, but she did retain sight in the other, although degraded. However, she was also told that she would soon lose her sight completely. Linda wore sunglasses all the time to hide her disfigurement. And as this became a national news story, she was constantly being hounded by journos and photographers. Meanwhile, the police were building a case against Bert. A shame this wasn't done earlier, Mm. but... I mean, at that point in time, there were no stalking laws. So, you know, I don't know what they could have charged him with. Menacing, maybe. Bert was still trying to make contact with Linda after this attack, sending flowers and gifts. Oh, my God. One month after her release from hospital, Linda's attackers and Bert were arrested. Bert had hired the men to attack Linda. Surprise to no one again. Mm. um, And was now facing charges. The trial was sensational. Bert was declared insane on three separate occasions, each time it being reversed. On one occasion, Bert broke the glasses in his spectacles and slit his wrists, yelling, Linda, I need you. Linda, I love you. Linda, I want you. Oh, my God. This guy. The wounds were not serious and the trial continued. (laughs) Stop. Unfortunately, Larry and Linda's relationship also began to deteriorate Mm -hmm. Um, and their wedding was caught off, followed by a breakup. 
Bert was found guilty of hiring the hitman and causing grievous bodily harm to Linda. He was given 15 to 30 years in prison. Good. Good. Bert maintained that he never instructed the use of lie. He merely wanted the men to beat Linda up a little so she would turn to Bert for protection. Oh, I only wanted them to beat her up. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy. A real piece of poo gush. (laughs) So while she was glad that Bert was found guilty, Linda didn't feel that 30 years was long enough for permanently changing her life for the worse. Yeah, exactly. She's got to live with that for life. Yeah, and she's going to go blind. Yeah. But she did try to move on. She got another job, got herself an apartment, travelled around Europe, and despite her limited sight, she found a love of creating art. Linda began dating a new man who fell head over heels in love with her. He wanted to marry Linda, but she didn't know what to do because he had never seen her without her dark glasses on. <laughs> I don't know how you go, how a man decides he wants to da- he wants to marry you without having ever seen your eyes. In your eyes, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're spending a lot of time together, but you just never, it's like someone who's never seen you without your makeup on, without your makeup, yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess. And at this time, I guess she's like, she's not fucking him because she doesn't believe in it. Yeah. So they're just going out on dates. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, so she went and talked to her friends about it. She decided that the next time she would meet up with him, she'd wear her clear ga- glasses so that he could see her eyes. She did this and the man promptly withdrew his interest in her. Saying, oh. Saying it was too much for him to handle. Asshole. This completely devastated Linda. She felt like damaged goods, like no one could ever love her again, and she decided she would never let anyone see her without her glasses ever again. Awful. She went out less and less. She withdrew from friends, and her vision deteriorated further. Her grandmother, who helped raise her, died, and her mother was suffering from dementia. And while all this was going on, guess who couldn't leave Linda the fuck alone? Motherfucking Bert fucking poo fucking gash. He would call and write Linda. Um, she changed her name and changed her address, but every time he managed to find it out. Was he in jail? Yes. So he, he was just like harassing her from jail. From jail, yeah. He made money providing legal advice to the other convicts and he would send this money to Linda. While in prison, Francine Burt's wife divorced him. Good for her. <laughs> Took her long enough. Yeah. Skip forward to early 1974. Burt is now eligible for parole. This is after having served not even the minimum of his 15 to 30 year sentence, by the way. Yeah, not surprising. Linda wrote to the parole board and requested he not be released because he was still managing to harass her. Yeah, he obviously hasn't learned anything. Yeah. Despite this, and because Linda continues to be let down by the structures that are supposed to protect her, he's released on parole after serving 14 years in prison. Part of the parole provisions were that he refrained from making any contact with Linda. Why would he abide by that if he's not even abiding by it in jail yep as if that's going to stop him yeah they're like you know that thing that you've been doing all along could you stop now that we're letting you out of jail we'll let you go but promise us you won't yeah promise (laughs) us you'll stop now stop now yeah oh you did again okay and now yeah so upon his release there was renewed media interest in the case and bert was asked to do a tv interview because there's nothing people love more than a man's redemption and I bet you he got on there and was like, I just really love her. Oh, I really loved her. And okay. While on air, Bert professed his love for Linda and pr- <laughs> proposed. Called it. <laughs> proposed through the camera to her, addressing her directly. Meanwhile, Linda was living day to day in her ever more reclusive life. She was now 35 and felt like she had no future to be excited about. At a rare dinner with her girlfriends, Linda was expressing these views. Her friends decided 
And this is just get better fucking friends. Her friends decided. Oh, they it, told her to go back to him, didn't they? So they decided it was a good idea to get Pugash and Linda together to confront everything that happened. Great idea, girls. I'm sorry. It's not their fault. They were just trying to do right by their friend, but it is ill-informed. Yeah. Um, and this is unbelievable. And this is going to make you fucking livid. After the first reunion, Linda and Bert started dating again. No. No. And this is going to make you even more angry. Just after a few months, the pair were married. I mean, like, I can understand. I'm not I'm not livid at her because I can no. understand. He's He has worn her he's down. He's a master manipulator. Yeah, he's, like, physically disfigured her. He's taken everything, everything. from mm-hmm. her to the yep. point that she's got nothing left. Yeah. Like, it's classic abuse. Yes. Over a period of, what, like, 20 years, years or something? Yeah. So. 15 years. In 1976, the Pugashes worked with an author to produce a book called, quote, A Very Different Love Story. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I blinded her and then... (laughs) It started when I blinded her. (laughs) Bert claimed that despite her injuries, the ones he had inflicted... Yeah. Might I remind you, Linda was still as beautiful as ever. Didn't he literally say to her before this happened, I'll I'll make it so that nobody will... Yes, he did. (sighs) Linda would say that jail had made a new man out of Bert. I would respectfully disagree. In the early 1990s, Linda had heart surgery and spent several weeks in the hospital. During her convalescence, Burton started an affair with another woman. Oh, Bert's full name is Burton. (laughs) All throughout their marriage... Bert would have mistresses, and in 1997 was facing charges of sexually abusing one of these mistresses and threatening to kill her. So he's got his next one lined up. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's got his MO, he's got his tricks. No surprises here, Bert represented himself in that trial. Um, At this point, though, Linda is all in and she defends her husband in court. He manages to worm out of the majority of the serious charges and is, is instead convicted of a much lighter crime, being sentenced to 15 days in jail. Sadly, Linda did eventually go completely blind, which put an end to her art making, which she loved so much. Imagine that that moment in their relationship mm. where she she wakes up one day and she's like, "Yeah, I actually I I'm blind." Like, and he turns around to her and is like, "Yeah, sorry." Yeah, it's you know, I told them just to beat you up. Sucks. Mm, the lie was on them. That's not on me. Yeah. So in 2007, the pair were still making headlines. A documentary film made about their story called. Crazy love. Oh my god, was made. It, it feels it's too like, lighthearted. Yeah, it feels like they're just they're just making light of this obviously Abusive, domestic violence yes. relationship. It's awful. Crazy love. Crazy love. <laughs> yeah, it's not crazy love. It's abuse. Yes, crazy abuse is what it is. <laughs> um, upon the release of this film, Linda was interviewed by the Washington Post, and of their relationship, Linda said, "Quote: Marrying him has been the best revenge. I'm a ball breaker." I hope she is. I hope she is too. Well, I hope she was because unfortunately Linda died of heart failure uh, in 2013 at the age of 75 while still married to Bert. Pugash died in 2020 at the age of 93 and uh, not one to let death curb his shitty imprint on the world. Mr. Pugash left a legacy of recriminations and legal challenges over changes in his will that left a majority of his 18 million in assets to his caregiver. The latest version of the will disinherited several friends and reduced a planned bequest to the foundation for the visually impaired that he has, he had established to honor his wife. What did he die of? Uh, I don't know. 
didn't I'll, care. I'll, I'll check. Yeah, have a, have a quick check. I want to know what took him down. I bet it was like old age. I bet he died peacefully in his sleep. Died on my birthday. The Daily Mail has a um, very hot take. Married caregiver 52 admits she was in a monogamous relationship with infamous New York City lawyer Bert Pugash, but denies starving the 93-year-old to death to snag the $15 million fortune he left her after he curiously changed his will. That'd be nice. Yeah, so there's there's this whole, like, there's all these challenges going on because the caregiver, who he was very obviously fucking, because he just can't keep it in his fucking pants, Mm -hmm. even though he's 90-fucking-3 was a stroke. <laughs> oh, a stroke yeah. took him. Okay. Yeah. So still, Bert and Linda Pugash were together nearly long enough to celebrate their 40th wedding anniversary. Mr. Pugash called their love, quote, a storybook romance. What storybook is In that? In what storybook, Bert? I have, I have never read that storybook before. I would not like to. No. Asked in 1987 to assess her marriage, Ms. Pugash told the Times, quote, I think it's probably as good as most, probably better. Mm, no, I'm sorry, Linda. I don't think it is. And also, that is the story of Bert and Linda Pugash. Why did she take his name? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Come on. What was her last name? Riss. Riss. That's so much better. Normal. Yeah. <laughs> and look, if you if you're if you're listening and your surname is Pugash, I'm sorry, but you've got to admit. You've got to admit. <laughs> that's a little insane. You've got to have a sense of humor about it. If that's yeah. going to be your surname, you, you have to have a sense of humor about it. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're, yeah. And we're allowed to laugh at this guy because he's an asshole. Yeah. He's, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that he's dead. I believe he lived to 93. I know. Doesn't that suck? And yeah. then he had, he had her when he died. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. She died before him. And I love that article though, that maybe she like starved him. And then, yeah, <laughs> that's a nice thought. Mm. Yeah. We'll think about that when we're going to sleep. Yeah, yeah. An old man being starved to death. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah how annoying. How fucking annoying is that yeah. story? Yeah, it is. It is. But it's like one of those things with domestic violence where mm-hmm. it is like when you look at it from the outside, you get so frustrated mm-hmm. with certain aspects of it because mm-hmm. obviously it's not Linda's fault. Mm-hmm. He, he was able to beat her down so much yep. that she just thought that, yeah, this, this is, is the best love. I'm ever going to do. And like, this is a, rela- this is, you know, normal. This is love. Mm. And it does seem like she did kind of hate him too. Like in all the, all the interviews she gives, like. She's not like, oh, he was an amazing partner. She's yeah. just like, yeah. Although in the, in, when she defended him in court, I think she does say something like, he's the best husband you could ask for or something like that. But that's, you know, in mm. court, she's trying to, this was against the, the charges of sexual assault and uh, threatening to kill. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like a, a a peach. Yeah. Thanks for that one. Crazy story, though. <laughs> Crazy love. Crazy love. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, maybe one day I'll find that. Crazy love. <laughs> Fucking hell. Storybook. Yeah. A classic. <laughs> <laughs> classic make cute. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening in for another week, yeah. everybody. I don't know what I'm doing next week. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out when you find out. Yeah. All right. A surprise. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.